We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fires downfield to Jamar Chase. He's got it. Wow. Takes it all the way. DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor. Touchdown. Pass is caught. Touchdown. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime and Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and I'm joined by my co host here on Rotoviz OT. It is Sean Siegel. Sean, this is one of our bonus editions, the Q&As, the non-football conversations where we get to find out a little bit more about each other on many of these occasions. The listeners get to find out a bit more about us, our backgrounds, what's going on. And today we have a fun topic which a lot of people have asked questions about, and that is kind of the fantasy football industry for us as career paths, I guess. And there is another show that we will do down the line, which is kind of what we do outside of fantasy football, but this is kind of how we got into it or what our plan or our weekly schedules and things like that are. So I think it could be interesting for people to hear in and listen into. I think this is going to be a, a fun one to give a, a peek behind the curtain. Well, Colin, you uh, pitched this as as non-fantasy football, but this, this is, is fantasy football. a fantasy football show today. It'll just be from a little bit different angle and like you said behind the scenes get a feel for some of the things that we do how we got into the industry questions like this come up all the time and one of the things that i think is is fun about fantasy football definitely fun about rotoviz is that we're willing to give people an opportunity if you have the talent and the skill set to at least make a start you know blair andrews does a fantastic job of helping develop our writers we've had some really more or less beginning writers who have won awards or have been nominated for awards and every year we have breakout writers at rotoviz so it's it's fun to see people develop and really make their way in the industry but the the main thing is to have enthusiasm for it to not expect everything to happen in one day but to be able to work out a little bit but then you know, to, to have fun with it. I mean, if fantasy football isn't fun, then you're probably not going about it the right way. So if you have that enthusiasm for the game and for football, I think that there are a lot of different options and we more or less have a permanent call out to people who are looking to get into the industry and kind of have that spark about them. So anyway, before we get going on that, it's just there are so many people who are now huge in the industry who got their start at Rotoviz one way or another, and there'll be more, and you could be one of those people. But, Colm, how did you get into fantasy football over there in Ireland? 
and having to watch the games at a weird time of day. Yeah, it's kind of strange. I don't often think about these. Something that I've been thinking a lot about, Sean, over the last probably six months since I started to do this more as a, a full-time career, a full-time role, and it actually will tie in perfectly for your 10-year anniversary of the Zero RB stuff from 2013, but I actually started doing fantasy football or NFL podcast at the time in 2013, so next year will be 10 years, and I think that's part of it is people when they think about the fantasy football industry and you mentioned some of the biggest names now starting with rotoviz but a lot of the guys that are doing that it do, it's not just an overnight success for a lot of people it's a lot of work over a long time i started with a call out on twitter at the time to do a kind of 10 minute segment at the end of another podcast and uh, it was a uk based podcast and when that happened it was myself and my brother actually and we did it and the audio content or quality would have been terrible the information was probably not great but it was something that i started doing and i was interested in american football and i jumped in and you know like everything i tend to become a little bit obsessive about it i've probably mentioned that on a few of these shows and then i kind of get better and better but i remember those early shows recording them on voice recorders and then no editing of any kind i remember like playing the theme music on my phone that the voice recorder would pick up the theme music you know and it was it's a long way obviously i i think i still have a long way to go but it's a long way from where we are today sean and how the the shows will sound but that was where it all kicked off my brother then eventually went to do his college he's a, a teacher now and uh, he didn't have time to do it so i kept doing it and then did Road of his, or sorry, Overtime Ireland at the time, kept that going, did that for up until we started Road of his OT. I did some other shows on the Road of his radio network, but obviously yourself, Matthew Friedman had big parts in me beginning with Road of his, and then, you know, that work opened up some other opportunities. So a long path, but f- over 300 episodes of Overtime Ireland are in the books. Um, a lot of other kind of little fun podcasts that I did along the way. I did one when we were heading up uh, about to have our daughter learning to dad. That was my first foray into video content. So we obviously have a, a link back now to having the Road of His YouTube channel, but lots of kind of things like that. But my journey had started as a hobby, probably doing it three or four years, lucky enough to have conversations with people like yourself, Scott Fish, lots of different people from around the industry. But then it gets to a point where I think it's probably the year or two before I joined Rotoviz where I start to think this could be something a little bit more. Um, and then obviously starting with Rotoviz was a massive, exciting opportunity, and that's led to where we are today. So from there, it's kind of almost freewheel. It's kind of like just been step by step by step. But yeah, when you look back, sometimes it's hard to figure out where all those steps were. But there's a lot of a lot of years and a lot of work that goes into that kind of step along the way. So probably not what you would expect from somebody starting in the you know Ireland or the UK but at, at that time as well it just like podcasts weren't as big as they are now so you couldn't really anticipate at the start that it would be that big and even going back to thinking about it like I had a website back in the day overtimeireland.com I don't even know I haven't checked in a long time I don't know if it still opens but like people wrote on overtimeireland.com now my editing's you know, wasn't uh, there wasn't a lot of proofreading done on those articles, but they all got put up. But like, fortunate enough, there's some people from around like different sites. There's some of them writing now for DLF, Dynasty League Football, for example. And it's amazing to think that some people started, you know, writing on a website that I set up 
just to host the podcast that then are now having careers in the industry. And you mentioned with the website, we've had people go through Rotoviz Radio 2 to go on to other roles, which is, I think, the coolest part of all of this is seeing people progress through different spots and you know grow um, with their positions in the industry. Yeah, it definitely is. And, and Colin is being uh, fairly modest there, I think, in terms of how much he still has to to grow or improve. Now, obviously, we can all get better, and I think that he will, but I, I'm just so proud of what he's done with Rotoviz as our executive producer of the podcast and now has a really fun YouTube channel up and going for us that is making uh, leaps and bounds every day. So we're very glad to have had him. I do remember when you came on, Colin and I had done a show on Overtime Ireland with you and really enjoyed it. And so when you kind of had reached out to us about doing some type of product or project, and I can't remember the exact specifics, but I'm like, Matthew, let's bring Colin in and, and let him do all kinds of stuff because he's awesome. It was around, we were doing the uh, team previews, you know, the beat report series. And he was just like, let's, uh, let's see what he can do. (laughs) And at the deep end. So yeah, really, really cool and really grateful for those opportunities. And it's amazing that we've grown it to what it is. And it feels like we've grown it a long way, but it feels like it's also just the beginning of a very exciting, um, you know, period of time here for Rotoviz and Rotoviz Radio as well. Sean, your foray into the, fantasy football obviously there will be a link in here with the zero rv stuff but how close was that to your beginning in the fantasy football industry yeah i was kind of trying to think back through and and remember how it all went down it's interesting that you mentioned your brother because he was also or you know from my case my brother was also instrumental for me that'd be a coincidence if my brother was instrumental in both of our successes (laughs) (laughs) but no yeah so and it's really cool too because it's my younger brother and to i don't know i I just am so grateful to him for some of the things that he's done after i stopped coaching tennis i actually lived with him in new york for a while and got to do you know all the fun stuff and, and culture there for a year year and a half but Uh, We played fantasy football together and had some really good results even before 2013. And he was, you know, he was the money behind it because I was a a starving artist at the time and, and obviously for a long time after that. But in addition to fronting the money for us to play fantasy, he also set up a website for me that, you know, some longtime listeners will know as money in the banana stand. So I would write on that and discuss some of the things that we would do you know how i thought fantasy football worked and and how you could win at it and around that time i reached out to mike clay when it was in the sort of early years for him over at pff he was building that up i wrote some for them i had participated in some kind of fantasy writing contest and won a portion of it and in that i had mentioned um the fantasy douche kind of as a in a joke with some of the pop culture references that were embedded in the article and in a big Lebowski sort of way. And I don't think that he had necessarily noticed that, but he had this, uh, I mean, the fantasy douche was amazing. And so his site, you know, he would have all these sort of auto generated types of articles and the 
articles that we're doing the best in any given day. And, and I was emailing him about something uh, and mentioned, oh, you, you know, you were promoting my article on your site. He's like, was I? <laughs> so he, he went and read the article at that point and, and liked it. And, and so we would converse back and forth from time to time. And then when he switched over from fantasydouche.com to Rotoviz, he reached out and I think that maybe even the first article, if not the first article, because he may have done some introductions and obviously he was doing just groundbreaking stuff every day. But one of the very first articles on the site was this debate about somebody. It might even have been Matthew Stafford. Um, We're still debating him. <laughs> right, right. And so, yeah, it just, it, it was a, it was a lot of fun to be able to write from my own site. Obviously I still have, a lot of sentiment kind of tied up with that and still use the banana stand things for you know emails and teams and you know column if if i ever go back on twitter i do think that there is a, a banana logo in there uh but to be able to do that to write for pff and, and work with my clay to write for rotaviz and and work with a fantasy douche i mean you're you're in a great situation and so that was a lot of fun and then it really was just later that year that I wrote the zero RB article for Rotoviz and then won first and second in the NFFC primetime. You know, sometimes you just get really lucky. And to have those two things happen in concert, you know, toward the beginning really gave me a path that has been has been favorable. And so I I again I'm I'm grateful to all the folks that I had a chance to work with then I'm grateful to the folks that I get a chance to work with now. I mean, the minds at Rotoviz currently are just absolutely fantastic. And yeah, I, you know, I, I'd be the first person to tell you that I got lucky with some of the things that happened and I feel very fortunate that that's how things started out. Yeah. And it is amazing when you think about it, you mentioned like even your stuff with the fantasy douche, but I even think back to like, you know, you coming on the podcast and luckily enough for me, that was arranged on true Twitter. So you know, if I was in a different timeline two years later, I never could have got you, I don't think, onto the podcast and this would never have occurred. So there's a there's a lot of small things like that along the way that, you know, you think back now and you're like, that's amazing how that actually worked out and that turned into this and this turned into that. And then you get to this point that you're at today. But yeah, pretty cool story, Sean. And uh, coming up now on, on 10 years, obviously for yourself and the Zero RB and the, the work with Rotoviz. So we'll have to come up with some sort of a celebration for that as well. Another question, Sean, that came in was kind of around typical work weeks and schedules. And I'll go through mine very quickly, and I'll let you probably go into yours in a little bit more detail, but mine's has changed a lot. Uh, I'm still doing kind of the same amount of work now that I was doing when I also had a 40-hour work week to go with it. So it has, light, the load has lightened, but then I tend to mention earlier in the show, I become obsessive with stuff. So the YouTube stuff, I do a lot of stuff on that, the thumbnails and things like that. I spend more time on that, but for me, that's more like, no, like a video game like I, I don't play video games at the moment i don't have the time but you know making the thumbnails and that i get a lot of fun out of that so my work week is pretty much in the mornings um editing some different podcast content for the example stadium bananas i do edit some other stuff behind the scenes for example the fits on fantasy podcast do that one so get those get those edited get those posted and then i kind of move into my other stuff like for example we have to do some show notes for the podcast we have to get our stuff ready we have to do like you know when you post a podcast you need to have the title and those sort of things so there's lots of little bits that go along 
but then myself and Sean generally two to three days a week are recording. So we, based on the time zones, usually 5 p.m. my time, <laughs> noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Sean's time. Uh, we're working off our good old noon Eastern time for everything. But there is that at the moment. I have the live stream with Zachary Kruger. That's every Tuesday. But it's a lot of trying to plan ahead and fit the things in because obviously you're doing the live streams, you're doing the editing you do the shows with sean then you have to post those so like our tuesday show is quite often recorded and then edited and posted within like two hours because we're posting that on a tuesday whereas the show on a thursday is sometimes recorded on a wednesday the pressure isn't as much to turn that around and then i record some other content from time to time for example with uh michael dubner or um connor o'driscoll on their best ball content and then it's a case of scheduling the shows posting the shows and things like that so a lot of kind of organizational stuff would be a major part of what i do on a day-to-day basis and uh, then obviously fit in the the house duties around that but it is a lot of fun at times it, it it never really feels like work but there's just you have to plan ahead because if we don't plan ahead people don't get podcasts if people don't get podcasts or if people don't get articles shown on the website that's disappointing for people. And, you, you know, we want to keep people satisfied with their, their content intake. So that's what we do. But Sean, that's kind of a brief overview of mine. Yours is probably a little bit more detailed. What's your week to week look like? Well, first of all, we've got to note that that Colin is uh, somewhat underplaying his actual schedule. Number one, he's very good with the logistics, which is fantastic. And, and suddenly you're looking for from your executive producer but number two most of his time is currently being spent making the youtube thumbnails so that (laughs) those look fun for people on twitter and and, and when they click on the content they're getting more ridiculous looking we will admit that (laughs) and and that as we know is the key for youtube you want that ridiculous image to pop up there and and pull the listeners in um the my schedule is I think probably about what people would expect, but one of the things with it is that there is the responsibility of, as you said, making sure that we have things up on the various sources all the time and that things are working. One of the things that's great for me now is that we have such a great team working on the tools of the site and how the site works. Anthony Shook is absolutely fantastic. And then obviously Blair and Dave, have a really good feel for what we need football wise with the various tools so they can go in and handle a lot of those things which makes it easier for me most of the things that actually break on the site uh, are not directly my responsibility and so i don't have to you know wake up in a cold sweat in the middle of the night wondering if something is working those guys are all over that but this question coming in, you know, what's the typical week schedule look like? It's sort of a, a day-to-day type of environment. But as you mentioned, we do the podcasts and now you and I do three podcasts a week. Ben and I do, you know, two to four podcasts a week, especially during July and August where there's so much drafting and there's so much focus on enthusiasm for fantasy football. You know, we may be putting out more than a podcast a day in terms of what i'm doing so the morning is about preparing for those and and getting ready and recording the first thing we kind of mentioned this with the earlier off topic show and sort of the the sleep and the wake in the morning type of schedule is that because i am on pacific time half of the year and the mountain time the other half of the year 
a lot of things are going before I'm able to check in. But so the first thing is just to check in, make sure that all the things are handled and you're going through and kind of ticking things off the list, make sure everybody has what they need. If there is some direction or some, I wouldn't say insight, but some notes that I can help folks out with, make sure that Blair is set with what he needs. Blair is our managing editor and does a fantastic job keeping the content coming, interacting with the writers and having that good trickle of articles coming out on a day-to-day basis. And so checking in with him, making sure that he has everything, interacting a little bit with the writers when they have questions, when they have ideas, you know, should we go this direction? Should we go that direction? What's more likely to capture the attention of the audience, those kinds of things. But then we go through the long morning and do the prep. We do the podcast mid-morning. And and once we get done with these, I always like to check back in, make sure that, again, that we're moving all of those things along. If people have things that they would like to get feedback on, that I'm there for them. I don't like to let any of that go for too long a period of time without being available. I think that that's my responsibility as the CEO for the site and, and the person who you know, really the buck stops with me, right? And so we want to make sure that there's availability there. Once that is done, then get into the articles. And the articles are interesting because there is a very wide range of the types of things that we do. One of the things that the fantasy douche is always encouraging people is like, do short articles. It's like, (laughs) you want an actionable takeaway. You want to be able to write your article in an amount of time that makes sense. You know, use an image, make sure that you have a thesis that people will be captivated by and that means something to them, right? You you get different submissions and sometimes, you know, even yourself, you can go through, you can write 3000 words and be like, well, I mean, the actionable takeaway was in the intro or maybe there is no actionable takeaway. That is a massive waste of time. And we kind of think through how these things work. I mean, articles can take anywhere from three to four hours to, you know, 20 to 30 hours. And Obviously, if, you, if you're on the long end of that, you want when it's done to be something that could be pretty meaningful. But regardless of the amount of time that you've spent, it needs to be something that is going to help the reader. And so that's one of the things that we always focus on, making sure that there's no filler content, making sure that when the articles go out, the people who come to the site and find them are going to learn something. Now, I say you try to write short articles, but at the same time, sometimes things need to be a little bit longer. And so... A variety of the articles that I've written recently have been close to 3,000 words, which is, you know, arguably two to almost 3,000 too long. (laughs) But I mean, those were projects that I believed in and enjoyed. Some of the Dynasty Workshop articles, for example, I mean, there's a lot going on there. I mean, you can kind of make the general point. You can put the heading out there and the heading and the quick takeaway. Yes, that is going to have some meaning, but you want to go through then how all of the little nuances play out, how you're doing it in real drafts, how do the tactics switch if this happens or that happens and communicate it in a way that allows a reader to either mildly improve their game. I mean, every little bit counts. We have, you know, best ball articles. One of my favorite best ball articles from this year was looking at the MFL 10 of death, but the whole point was that the small accumulation of edges is what in the end is going to decide or determine whether or not you are a winning or a losing fantasy player this year. 
go through all of those different things. And the communication is important. How did you communicate the idea? One of the things that I still hear back from people on the Zero RB article, for example, is not so much that it's about drafting wide receivers or not drafting running backs, but the, the way of thinking about fantasy football and the way that that was communicated by exploring it through this really amazing piece of work that Taleb had done, that that portion of it, the communication of the idea was what meant so much to them. And so that's, again, the thing that is so crucial. It's not just, okay, maybe there is a statistical takeaway or maybe there is a tactical takeaway. Maybe there's something that we can throw out there that is valuable. But if you aren't able to get it across, then you know nobody's going to know, nobody's going to benefit. And that's what we're really trying to do at Rotoviz is make sure that our subscribers are able to number one, enjoy, and then number two, take the pieces from the site and actually have great success in their league. So we focus on the reason that I mentioned that from a scheduling perspective is that that takes an amount of time. I think that, you know, it's easy to, to overlook what the writers are doing and, and, and that includes 500 and 700 word articles. If you see a really good five to 700 word article that communicates an idea to you that has an image that allows it to sink into your mind, there's a very good chance that the writer actually spent quite a bit of time making that work. I mean, one of the things you hear people joke about all the time is that they wrote 2000 words because they didn't have time to write 1000 words, which is this idea that, I mean, it takes more effort sometimes to actually cleanly express something. So as I do the articles, my schedule is basically to write one. And then in most cases, I will leave it for the evening or the next day and start to write on another one. And the reason to do that is just to make sure that you're letting yourself sit with those ideas. And if there's something that you can do better when you come back to it, something that you can communicate more clearly, or just that you can actually, you know, you have the willingness at that point to cut a thousand words because the article is better when it's shorter. I mean, number one, you don't, don't want readers to click away, which, you know, we all have attention span issues with the way that our current world is built, right? You have a dead spot for a moment in your article, a spot that doesn't still capture the reader and they're gone. You need to make sure that you cut those before you publish. But then just if there is an idea or two, if there's a way to phrase something that actually clarifies what's going on, you want to go ahead and make that clarification. So trying to make the, the articles as polished and actionable as possible, it helps to kind of be working on multiple pathways, leave them for the next day, finish the editing the next day, get them to Blair. So you go through that process and I do try and make that portion of the day more or less mine. So I'm not constantly checking things every few minutes. I mean, there's so much research on the value of being deeply into your work as opposed to very, very fractured or scattered as you go through the elements. So there will be some times during the day that I'm not available to the rest of the staff because I think it just is so crucial to be deeply involved in your project. Once that's done, before then we get into the end, we do that check-in again, You know, see if there are things that are necessary or helpful for other members of the staff. Then in the evening, and this has become more and more true, you maybe have the a draft in the evening, a live draft, maybe an evening pod. And so you have more recording. 
And then the very last thing kind of before I go to bed is to check in again, because if something has come in during the evening, if someone else has checked in and, and you know, people have very, very different schedules, not necessarily a lot of people in the fantasy community are doing it full time. And so they come home from work and they have something that they want to get out or they want to work on. And so they have ideas, they have production, they'll throw different questions to me and Again, because I'm more on the Western time, it's important that I get to those and at least leave some kind of comment or message before I go to bed so that when they're up, you know, hours before I'm in, you know, some of the writers too, if you have a schedule where it's easy for you to get up at 5 a.m. and write before you go to work as opposed to when you come home because you have family or something like that, then, you know, <laughs> they would like to have a response. And so that's kind of how we manage it through the course of the day. And Colin, I, again, am very grateful to have the opportunity to work like that. You know, there can be the mild downside from time to time to where, you know, you do feel like it's around you all the time. It's not a nine to five kind of thing. And yet I don't think that you can complain about having the flexibility to work on your own schedule and within the context of fantasy football. I mean, that's a great gift. Yeah. There's, you know, a give and take. It is like, sometimes it'll feel like I'm, doing this when I get up and I'm doing it when I go to bed and I'm doing it during the day, but it is also like we're recording this now. It's a lot of fun to do. The other part that you mentioned there, it's day to day. Every day is different. And I'm sure that's the same for yourself, whether, you know, Tuesday and Wednesday might be more podcast heavy in terms of recording and, and different things. The other things people maybe don't realize is you mentioned the fact of the articles taking four to 20 hours to do. There's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that then obviously comes to the forefront. And while we're, doing some of the behind the scenes stuff when we're talking about it today. For example, this show has been recorded after a podcast that we already did that's going to come out on the Thursday of that week. But this show then potentially, I think, is going to come out in three weeks from today. So when I talk about the organizational stuff, there's a lot of that part that comes into it of, we'll record these. For example, I'm going to the Fantasy Football Expo. So part of the reason why we're recording these an early August, late July. So we have some other stuff that we're not putting ourselves under pressure then when it comes to draft season. So there's a lot of that that comes into it as well. And that part that I'm going to touch on there probably fit into the next question, Sean, which is. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. They were also interested in knowing the daily struggle of being a fantasy football content creator in terms of financial creating a livelihood for yourself without getting into too much personal finances. They said, how would you ensure, how do you ensure financial security in the business? So this will be different for both of us because you'll be doing basically yourself and Rotoviz, whereas I'm doing myself and my family side of it and trying to make sure also 
that we are getting the revenue for the podcast side because that all filters through then to the podcast team and to try and keep the balances for everybody. And I mentioned the thinking ahead and doing those shows. And it's not the only reason we do shows, obviously. We do the shows because we love doing them. But thinking ahead to our download numbers, to what we're doing as a a brand, for example, and, and getting those numbers, sometimes thinking ahead to having those additional shows does is all part of that thinking ahead for the schedule and sometimes we'll have three shows a week sometimes we have five shows a week most of that's because we wanted to do an extra draft and we thought that we would share it but it is also you know that financial element is tied to how the product does both from the site i'm guessing sean from your side from a subscription base and from our side from a sponsorship base for example so that all plays into it for myself it is always i i pride myself on my work ethic whether that is you know doing the podcast side of things whether it's you know doing yard work whatever it is i think i can work pretty damn hard so my thing is at the moment i'm still getting used to doing this and relying on fantasy football as a full-time income obviously if you're i had a salary previously you get paid your salary you get this on top of it that's obviously extra that you're getting on top of it when you decide to take that step that it's the sole income obviously that becomes how do you maintain that? And my thing I mentioned become upset. This is a theme becoming obsessive with things, Sean. It's not a case of like, can we maintain it? It's about like, I'm doing this full time now. We should be doing twice as good as we were doing <laughs> five months ago. So I left my day job on the 1st of April this year. Very grateful for having the opportunity. And I'm definitely not taking it for granted. And I, Sean mentioned there, a lot of people don't get to do this full time in the industry. So I'm basically working my ass off to make sure that it becomes a long term success i have a family i have a mortgage you know there's times where you will have self-doubts of like did i make a mistake is this going to work out but the thing is is you know keep ahead of time i always kind of like to plan ahead try and make sure that it's not a case that if let's say we had a, a month where we made no money that we're in big trouble for example you have to obviously try and get your finances in order out of that but we're in a good spot sean where we're moving things in the right direction but i'm also very frugal because i tend to think of worst case scenario and everything the sky falling down uh, so on a business side we all work very hard together myself and sean are obviously talking multiple times a week we you know sean and ben do their shows we all work together on those out to con- you know talk with the team for example the one thing though i think from a business side and from a podcast side that i don't think people realize and is consistency so i mentioned earlier sean if we don't do the shows people don't get the podcast and consistency is such a big part it's one thing to say we're gonna have three shows a week and have five and be like well we give you too many shows it's another thing to say we're gonna have three shows a week and then say we only have one show this week so for myself and yourself for example we're often if i'm Say it's the holidays, for example, we'll still have our three shows a week. We'll record the three shows maybe in bulk at a previous time and do them evergreen style. But I don't think we've missed three shows per week for Road of His OT over the last, say, two years. We've been very consistent. If you think about that, that's 600. Uh, you know, it's a lot of episodes. Same for Stealing Bananas. We're always planning ahead. And uh, I think that's the key to then people are listening. They stay with it. So there's a lot of hard work that goes in because you don't have your traditional holiday time where I'm off. I don't, I don't have to answer emails for two weeks. So consistency, I think, is, is vital for, for that. And that obviously then helps with the financial side of it. So it all kind of pairs together. But yeah, very fortunate to have that opportunity. And um, yeah, going to keep pushing forward, <laughs> working hard. I think that's the key from the financial side of things. 
yeah, I think that's the best way to express that. And yeah, I mean, Colin, I, I agree. Now that you're doing it full time, it needs to be twice as good. No, we, <laughs> I mean, Colin has, has made a great contribution to Road of His Radio and, and is just doing a fantastic job growing the product over the last year and a half. The numbers have been staggering with the work that he's done. So very excited about that. The financial aspect of fantasy can be tricky. And I think anytime that you're doing freelance work, there is some uncertainty. And, and that's both uh, the good and the bad, I think, of the new <laughs> economy. Obviously, there are lots of jobs that don't offer the same type of financial security that maybe you know jobs did for our parents and grandparents and you know you, you just kind of have to take the good with the bad one of the things that i do recommend is that especially as you're getting into fantasy writing that it, it kind of be a release for you and it be a hobby that you really enjoy and can be that you know time of your day where you get to have fun and you get to decompress a little bit and you're not necessarily looking at it as a financial element to start with. I think that the more that you can focus on the fun and build your repertoire, build, uh, say your brand, but it's not really brand so much as doing quality work over time. It can be very easy to focus on, well, how do I make this quick splash and how do I do the breakthrough type of performance that lands me a job to where I can do this full time. And I think chasing that kind of thing can be counterproductive. You're most likely to get the successes and, and make those breakthrough types of moves when you simply focus on number one, having fun and number two, doing a good job for yourself. And as you interact with and prepare content for the readers to do a good job for them. And then as you progress through, there are often some very good opportunities that pop up and maybe make things a little bit easier. And it's been really exciting to see, I think, your opportunity here, Colin, with the podcast. And so much of that is based on the work that you did previously for a number of years and, and built us up into a situation where that would be possible. It's really cool to see people capitalize on that to move into the industry full time and have that ability to rely on it. And, and one of the things too, is just everybody's in a, a different situation. And I think that we all have to be aware of that. And, and also as we make our own decisions, if you're responsible only for yourself, it's a little bit different than if you're responsible for a family and it's just one of the tricky parts of life where you have to kind of behave accordingly and make some of those decisions accordingly. I've been very fortunate that I was able to kind of move through some of those intermediate stages at a time period where I didn't have a lot of other responsibilities. And as we've talked about previously on the show, I was willing to, to be poor. And so, I mean, that's something that helps if you do have that willingness, but it's also something where I think that the fantasy football is, is perfect for people who are very dynamic and have a great job, but want to do something else on top. Right. And sometimes people are so good that, you know, several years down the line, they decide to kind of move away from their job into fantasy. I think that it, it can be a great situation if you do have both. And so there are going to be so many different types of, of kind of work profiles within the fantasy industry that it, it really just depends on, on what makes sense for you and what your comfort level with risk is. 
the other element then too is just you know how do we make sure that the financial element works for the site and we've been very fortunate to have so many talented people come through over the years and currently right now we just have so much brain power you know working behind the scenes in front of the scenes you know doing full-time work doing freelance work i'm just so grateful to everyone contributing and and because of that despite the fact that the fantasy industry has grown and flourished and there's so much competition out there rotaviz has been able to grow and flourish as well and so i excited about that proud of that and it is based on the contributions of the writers and and those uh, other members of the team that we've been able to add over the last several years it's an exciting time for rotaviz it's an exciting time for fantasy football and uh, i encourage everybody to you know give it a shot if it's your passion and be patient but do a great job and those opportunities will come up the one other part i would add and as sean mentioned about the writing element of it obviously a lot of my stuff is like it's not writing it's audio it's production it's podcast and it's probably a different path than a lot of people have taken into the industry but what i would recommend is there's always evolving scenarios like i mentioned at the start of this 2013 probably wasn't a path you can take 2022 there's probably a path that way but maybe it is that it's evolved into another avenue and there is going to be other things that pop up like sean if you think back to you know 2016 and, and the world of best ball we live in today you know the world has changed dramatically for fantasy football content and people how they consume it so think about the other opportunities the other ways maybe to get your foot through the door of the fantasy football industry but sean that was a lot of fun running through those hopefully everyone enjoyed listening in thanks to the people who sent in the questions for today's show as we looked a little bit more into the behind the scenes of the fantasy football industry for ourselves my name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Arden. My co-host is Sean Siegel, co-owner of rotoviz.com. You can check out all his work up on Rotoviz. If you want to get yourself a 10% discount to a Rotoviz NFL pass, you can do so with the promo code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. That'll give you access to all of the content and tools on the website. But that is the end of today's show. We'll be back with much more fantasy football content coming your way. And until we're back with another one, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.